I'm now on this Friday morning to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. All right, what's going on in Victoria these days? Well, we're seeing a little drama playing out in the legislature around the NDP's rush job attempt to spend as much as they can of the budget surplus before the end of the month, which is the end of the budget year, March 31st. So the deal is, if there's any money left over on March 31st, not spent, it goes to pay down the debt. And paying down the debt is not an item on David Eby's action plan. So the government is trying to spend it. It it turns out to be fairly difficult to actually spend billions of dollars. You, 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 you can't just do it. You need the approval of the legislature. And you need something else, Simi. You, you have to push the money out the door beyond government control. So even if the money's going to be spent down the road in the future, it's out of government control. Because if the government could claw the money back or add conditions to how it's spent after March 31st, then it doesn't count as spending, and the Auditor General won't pass it, and it doesn't count. So right. this, is, this is the procedure. So the job of the legislature is to ask questions about how the money's going to be spent. That's the whole history of Parliament. That's how Parliament begins, asking questions about how the money is going to be spent before it approves the spending. But what happens when the government doesn't know (laughs) or can't say? And what we're seeing is this situation where the opposition gets up and says, "Uh, you're going to spend, you say, it's it's written down here in front of us, you want approval to spend X dollars on, say, well, I'll give you an example, $111 million for food security. That's one of the line items in the spending plan. And so the opposition goes to the agriculture minister, go to the agriculture minister, Pam Alexis, um, how did you come up with that number? Uh, how is it going to be spent? Who's, it going to, who's going to spend it? When's it going to be spent? And exactly where does the money go? She doesn't know the answer to any of those questions. It all played out on Tuesday afternoon. She really had no answers. Finally, you know, she read the press release and she read her mandate letter from the premier. It was kind of embarrassing that the government sent her in there to answer these questions because clearly she wasn't briefed. Uh, also, they've already had the press conference about this money. Oh, they had a press conference so that you, morning. She was standing next to the premier at the press conference. <laughs> and reporters, understand. of course, what were almost as much nuisances to the government as the uh, as the legislature asked the premier, well, what's all this money for? And he says, well, the minister here, she's right beside him, will be in the legislature this, this afternoon answering questions about that very thing. So she couldn't say she didn't know, and the premier's office staff couldn't say they didn't know that the premier had promised she'd have the answers, but she didn't have the answers. It went on and on. It was really embarrassing. At one point, the opposition said, what's your definition of food security? I mean, that's in the terms of reference for the funding requisition. And she said, well, you know, food security means many things to many different people. And oh, come, boy. Come on. Is, well, this, I... is this a mandate to spend $111 million? And there's lots of examples of this. Uh, big questions. Uh, you may remember that they announced $500 million bailout for BC Ferries. So the ferries minister, Rob Fleming, gets asked, um, um, how did you come up with that number? 
500 million as opposed to three or four or who knows, right? He said, well, that's the number I was given by the finance minister in the premier's office, right? So this is a government of centralized control. Someone other than the ministers is deciding, you know, here's $500 million buck. I don't understand that. Yeah, $500 million. <laughs> Get it out the door before the 31st of March, right? You would think that it would work as if they're all around a table, the cabinet table, yeah. and you have a list of must, like, uh, these are things that my ministry would love to have that at yeah. least those ministers would know what was on the wish list for that ministry? Uh, well, uh, based on the answers they've been given in the House, most of them don't. There are exceptions. Adrian Dix, not surprisingly, yes. proved to be the master of the detail for health. And, and after they pushed Fleming, the transportation minister, a bit, he was able to provide breakdowns. But a lot of this, it's, you know, just, uh, you know, we, it's, it's not like they won't say it's clear that a lot of them don't know. It's clear that this thing is such a rush job that they're basically writing blank checks. And here's the problem. They send this money out the door, arm's length. They can't claw it back. They give it to agencies the government doesn't control. For example, the agriculture ministry. When we finally got answers, a bit of an answer from the minister, she said, well, we're giving 30 of it to the new relationship trust, 30 million. That's controlled by indigenous people. Government has no control over how that agency spends the money. And $80 million is going to an invest in agriculture foundation that is controlled by the industry. It's not controlled by government. So they're getting an $80 million blank check with a few vague directives on how it's to be spent. And you'll have to trust them to spend it the right way. And presumably there's public scrutiny. It will. But the only chance the opposition is going to get to ask anything about this money is right now. And the interesting thing about this, the really embarrassing thing about this, in my view, Simi, is not only is the government not answering the question, not only is it not able in many cases to provide specifics, they're trying to turn this, Simi, into a partisan club with which to beat the opposition. They say if the opposition won't endorse, for example, $111 million for these two agriculture uh, agencies, um, that means the opposition is opposed to feud security. Uh, if the opposition won't approve the $500 million for ferries because the government can't explain anything about how the money is going to be used, no details, oh, well, that means the opposition is opposed to BC ferries. Right? Yeah, it's tough. The opposition leaves itself open to that charge, but Really, all the opposition is doing is trying to do its job, trying to get some answers on how the money is going to be spent, which, as I say, Simi, is the whole basis for the legislature in the first place. Also, with all the communications people that they have working, I'm a little surprised that you'd send your minister out to a press conference with that little information. Well, you know, Simi, I, we've seen, we've noticed since David Eby was appointed as premier a real shift in how the government is managed. John Horgan, whatever you thought of him on other issues, tended to delegate. He tended to give ministers instructions and then let them go out and do it. And unless they screwed up massively, they got to go ahead. And as a result, the senior ministers in the government really knew their stuff on issues. Right. 
Well, David Eby is centralized power in the premier's office. He's appointed all these lawyers and all these special advisors and so forth in his office and put them in charge of this stuff. And I think what you're seeing is the consequences. The ministers don't know because they haven't been told yet. It's not really fair to give... And in fact, it was interesting to talk to Mike DeYoung, the opposition critic. He said he felt sorry for the agriculture minister, Pam Alexis. She represents one of the other Abbotsford writings. She's the next-door neighbor of DeYoung in political terms. He said, I, I feel sorry for her. You know, they, they sent her in there with no answers, right, to answer questions. Yeah. And I, I think what you're seeing, Simi, is the consequences of a highly centralized government where the premier's trying, premier's office is trying to micromanage everything, government's a huge thing. You can't micromanage all of this. You really have to involve the ministers at a higher level, not just say, here's a blank check, go out and distribute it. Yeah, I, I guess that's the case. Uh, it, all, it is also showing you, though, which ministers are probably more adept versus others. Well, I think it's a matter of experience, and there are some senior cabinet ministers that have been around a long time and know how to handle this stuff. Uh, rookie ministers, new ministers who haven't been in the House for a long time, they're scrambling a bit more. But, you know, as I said, even even Rob Fleming, who's been around a long time and, and knows the transportation file well and knows BC Ferries well, when he first got into the legislature to explain the half a billion dollars for BC Ferries, he really couldn't explain to the House why it was half a billion dollars as opposed to 200 million or 300 million where the money really came from, and it was pretty clear that he wasn't deeply involved in the process mm. that picked that number out of thin air. Isn't that interesting? All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. <laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.